All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. We know the thing, Joe. It's time for the Buff Show. 120 days. Give me a break. Right, Joe. A great lineup today on the Buff Show. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Corn Pop and everyone else is welcome to call into the show. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Join the conversation. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Buff Show on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Answer, Orlando. And this is not Matt Buff. This is Ron Perry. Matt is uh, taking a very well-earned vacation this evening, and I'm sitting in for Matt, uh, and with me is Chris Kassler. Good to have you, Chris. Great to be here. Thank you, Ron. I'm delighted to be here. And a little later in the show, around um, maybe 15 minutes from now, we're going to have Stephen Moore, a world-renowned economist, um, joining us. And we'll talk a bit about inflation, amongst other things, because it does seem, and you've certainly seen this if you bought a gallon of gas recently, that inflation is rearing its ugly head. And we see it in so many different areas. Well, we're broadcasting today live from the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Um, And uh, you can see social links, podcasts, past interviews, shows, and more at www.thebuffshow.com. You can also sign up for the newsletter. Our number, if you want to call in, is 407-774-8255. Now, today, um, this show is being brought to you by Eddie Tavares from EXP Realty. If you're tired of paying rent and would like to own a house anywhere in Central Florida, call Eddie Tavares at 407 747 9944. That's Eddie Tavares at 407-747-9944. You know, getting the right realtor is absolutely key. It can make a difference in thousands of dollars to you who you select, and also whether or not you get exactly the place that you want. Uh, So I'll share that number one more time, 407-747-9944. Now, Chris and I, just before the show, were talking about something that many people have never heard of. It's called the Black-Robed Regiment. Uh, Now, this is not some group that meets out in the woods. Um, This is uh, a group that was key to the founding of this nation. Chris, what is the Black-Robed Regiment? The Black-Robed Regiment refers to the pastors and ministers who were leaders in the American Revolution. And the famous story is that several of them stood up before their congregations at the end of a service and described the importance of standing for the new country that was being born, took off their robes, and under them had on continental uniform of of an and some of them led their men into uh, forming a regiment and then ultimately back. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Great Britain uh, said they lost the war because of the black-robed regiment. Because the pastors in the pulpits were, um, they were the media of their day. I mean, if you think about what it was like to have a church then, think of the old towns and cities. We don't see it as much here in Florida, although there are some, where the church is on the town square. If you go up to the Northeast and other places, you'll see that regularly, sometimes more than one church on the town square. 
And the pastor was referred to as the parson, literally the person. Uh, The universities at that point, colleges really, like Harvard, Yale, and so on, but in the pre-revolutionary colleges, um, 50% of all graduates were pastors. They were involved in full-time ministry. And so the parson, the person, was one of two people educated in that town. So 50% of the educated people were ministers. And after working out in the field, doing whatever, uh, it was, um, it actually was a pretty exciting thing to, on a Sunday, go and hear a message. And sometimes they would last for two and three hours. And if you've ever visited some of the old churches, you know that they weren't the most comfortable pews. Uh, but the pastors had such a great influence, and the pastors risked their lives, and some gave their lives. Chris, maybe you can talk a bit about that. Well, that's true. And, of course, this was an older tradition that goes back before the Revolution. Um, King George had decried the Presbyterian uprising that came out of Scotland. So there was a there was a precursor to what happened in the colonies. The... Um, the churches around the colonies were a center of social interaction. They were critical to every community, as, as you just mentioned, Ron. And the, um, the town folk looked to these pastors for leadership, for everything in their lives, in fact. Yeah, it's interesting because the whole concept of the one-room schoolhouse, that was the church. It had one room. Therefore, it was a one-room schoolhouse. Education was in the church. The meetings that a town had was in were in the church. And uh, it's interesting, there's a, a ministry, international cooperating ministries, that uh, plants church buildings around the world. You know, they've got about 10,000 of them, I believe, between India and sections of Africa. And that building may be the only building in town, but that's where everything happens. That's the way it was 200, 300 years ago here in America. It was the center of life. It was the center of everything. Now, the black-robed regiment uh, is is very much with us today. We had a presentation last week at the Villages by Dan Fisher, who is a pastor in my church, uh, Liberty Church Orlando. He goes around the country making presentations about the black-robed regiment, about the tradition that it represents, and he's attempting to fire up pastors in America's contemporary churches to lead their congregations in supporting the patriotic uh, efforts that we're all facing in trying to restore our republic. It is to say that he's asking us to take up arms. That's not the point. But the point is to try to get the churches to wake up to the threats that we're facing in today's contemporary America from all kinds of forces, from everything from Marxism to wokeism, and you name it. So the idea here is that if the churches and the leaders in the churches can take this uh, this uh, leadership, we will have a significant impact on what's going on today. Now, I pastored for approximately 10 years, and I can tell you, pastors have to weigh what they say in the pulpit very carefully, because they wind up influencing people's lives and decisions that people make. And uh, a good pastor will spend a lot of time on, uh, on his knees seeking God's guidance. For a very long time, the thought that a great many pastors have had is, we shouldn't be speaking about anything political. What's happened, however, is political has now become religious. Secular religion is the religion of our day. 
There was a Wall Street Journal article speaking about the great awakening that has been brought about by COVID-19. And what the premise of the article was, was that the great awakening has happened amongst those who are secular, that it has expanded, their influence has expanded. They have affected our culture in virtually every single area massively over the course of the past year or year and a half. You see the town meetings that are happening, the Board of Education meetings that are happening, the decisions that are being made in various parts of the country to keep churches closed. Um, bars can open. That's a travesty. Casinos can open. Having churches closed is a travesty. Although I would point out that in many cases that has been taken on by the churches themselves. They didn't have to close in every case. Our church at Liberty has been open almost continuously since the beginning of this uh, pandemic. Which is fantastic. And here in Florida, we're blessed. We are insulated from a lot of what is happening around the country. Um, you have people who, based on fear, um, fear of death, fear of COVID, fear of suffering or whatever, um, have locked themselves up. I know I've no folks up in um, the Northeast. I got back to New Jersey, um, used to go fairly often. Mm -hmm. Now we do Zoom calls and so on. And uh, there was a, a, a good friend who told me his wife had basically been inside for about nine months mm. and mm. had plastic in the house that mm. separated her from her husband and from any of the grandkids because they went outside into the world where all the germs were. I think this has also given occasion to those who would persecute Christians and other people who are uh, religiously inclined. Particularly in Canada, we've seen a pastor there um, arrested in broad daylight on a highway by the police because he would refuse to close his church. They fenced off the church, and then they stopped him on the road in the middle of the day and put him on his knees and put handcuffs on him and led him away because he refused to close his church. California has had several confrontations on this. And I would say, fortunately, that the lawsuit that was brought by um, Liberty Council has been successful in California in forcing the state to allow churches to open. I think that was on behalf of... Uh, um, which was the pastor in California? Do you remember who that was? In any event, the important yeah, thing I can is picture that, him, but I don't yeah, recall exactly. His name. But the lawsuit no, went through, and and thankfully, churches are now permitted to open again, although perhaps with some sort of restrictions. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a crazy thing. We live in very strange times, and I was just reading today that twenty five percent of former churchgoers have not yet decided whether or not they'll go back to church. Really? Uh, so the impact's been significant in that regard. However, there's another regard in which it's been extremely positive. You know, when you go and you sit in a church, um, you may go for the service, and you might say hello to a few folks, mm -hmm. but um, what the Scriptures say is that the reason to gather, according to Hebrews chapter 10, um, where it says, forsake not the gathering together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, talking about the Lord's return. Um, encourage one another. That's the reason to get together. Kind of hard to do if um, you're there almost as a spectator. 
Um, and typically what you see is in the discipleship groups, the small groups, the kinds of things that you read about in the New Testament where Paul had uh, people that he was ministering to and he was teaching. Jesus certainly did, and his disciples. In fact, the whole concept of disciples is the idea of something more than just a once-a-week meeting. Um, that at that point it becomes possible to encourage one another. And that's really what the Scriptures te- te- uh, excuse me, speak about. Well, separating us is one of the major uh, means by which totalitarianism advances. I was reading a lengthy article about something called menticide the other day, mm-hmm. which is the death of the mind. And what it brought out is that totalitarian regimes establish themselves and separate people. They put them into separate groups. They take them and individually separate them. And one of the effects of this pandemic has been to keep people apart. And and that's, I think, had a disastrous effect. It's really hurt people. But I do think that Zoom and the other video conferencing has provided a way to get around that. And in some ways has some advantages. I see. Um, Nonetheless, things have changed. It's never going to be the way that it was. Uh, We're about to take our first break, and uh, I'm going to turn things over to our producer, Gabe, as he prepares us for Stephen Moore, who will be joining us right after the break. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser and Craving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000, 407-309-3000, and at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Hey, Central Florida, are you ready for solar power? They call all solar energy, Florida's premier solar provider. With 20-plus years in the solar and energy conservation products industry, they take a genuine whatever is best for the customer stance in every decision they make. All Solar Energy provides thermal solar for pool heat, domestic water heating, solar electric panels, radiant barrier, attic insulation and fans, high sear HVAC, energy efficient windows, and so, much, so more. much more. And in July only, get a free home generator with the install of a home energy reduction package. Just mention the Buff Show. Call 866-412-4218. 866-412-4218. Or go online to allsolarenergy.com. You work hard for your money. Did you know when you pay rent, you're probably paying the landlord's mortgage? Eddie Tavares from EXP Realty can help you change that from helping you get pre-approved to finding your new home. Eddie Tavares will help you every step of the way. Call Eddie Tavares now at 407-747-9944. That's 407-747-9944. EddieTavares.exprealty.com. Be a part of the Buff Show. Call now at 407-774-8255. It's incredible what's happened. People are just walking into our country, and our country can never be the same. Now here's your host, Matt Buff. Hi, this is Ron Perry sitting in for Matt Buff today, and we are incredibly fortunate 
to have Stephen Moore joining us. Uh, you, uh, hold on one second. Ah, okay. He'll be joining us shortly. We're making contact with him. Um, you've probably noticed the incredible, incredible inflation that we're starting to see. A lot of the discussion is, is this temporary? Because you've had so many people locked up for so long, and you've had so many businesses shut down, and now all of a sudden, everything is opening in a short period of time. People are buying again. Um, however, people aren't necessarily working again. There are over 9 million jobs that are um, going begging. Uh, there are various reasons for that. Certainly the stimulus and the extra money that people are seeing in their unemployment insurance is one, but there are other reasons as well. Sometimes just making a change. People decide, you know, I kind of like not working at that company anymore. People changing careers and so on. Chris, your thoughts? I think one of the the facile um, definitions of inflation is that there's too much money pacing, chasing the few available um, resources, whether those are labor or or, or commodities. And so what they've been doing is flooding the market with cash. There's more money in circulation today than ever in history. And, of course, that's also reflected in these amazing debts that the government has assumed, which I think are approaching $30 trillion, which is beyond anybody's wildest imaginings just a few years ago. So now we have much more money in circulation, and we're also paying people, in effect, not to work. People can stay home and make tremendous amounts of money without lifting a finger. Um, I have... uh, heard yesterday of family members who are in that category. They basically uh, closed up their business and received checks from uh, from the government in, in place of their income. Uh, I frankly think it's immoral. Uh, that's just the, my perspective on the thing. Um, meanwhile, they're attempting to pass an enormous infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. most of which is not really going to true infrastructure. It's going to all kinds of other projects. But it is another way to pump trillions of dollars into the economy that is going to chase goods and services and is going to lead to further inflation. The other side of the question, though, is what happens when this effect is diminished because the amount of money that they keep pumping into the economy has less and less effect over time. This is what happened in the French Revolution or following the French Revolution when the French discovered that they could actually print money and distribute it among their their people in order to sustain the economy. There were brief periods of growth, and then things tapered off, and they had to do it again and again to keep the ball rolling. Great. Stephen, are you there? Good evening. It's good to be with you. Yeah, so, look, I mean, this debt problem is catastrophic, I think. I mean, we if you look at the Biden budget, it's $20 trillion of additional debt just over the next decade, which would be um, injurious to the economy in big ways and would do great harm to our children and grandchildren and our grandchildren's children. And, you you know, you're right to mention what's happened in history. I mean, you don't have to go back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. You just look at what's happened in countries like Argentina and Venezuela and countries like Zimbabwe and Mexico and Uruguay. I mean, there are so many examples of countries that have sent and borrowed their way into ruin. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen that even in um, cities here in America. <laughs> exactly. A beam yeah, I mean, and uh, New York New City. York, by the way, is uh, you know the only way that New York and California and Illinois, my home state of Illinois, and uh, states like Michigan and Pennsylvania even kept afloat was that they went to the federal government for 
a blue state bailout. So people living in Florida, where you are, and people in Tennessee and Texas had to bail out the supposed worker paradises like New York and California and Illinois. And by the way, it wasn't fair. Why should people who got the, the COVID situation right, like your governor there, yeah. Ron DeSantis, and then they, you get punished, you have to pay California and Michigan and Pennsylvania money because they did it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I, I follow your Twitter, and you've had some very interesting posts talking about uh, Blue State, Illinois, and you probably could talk about a lot of the other blue states who shed uh, quite a few jobs in May. Well, um, yeah, Illinois is really a sad state because, it, you know, I love, by the way, I love Chicago. I said the town I, I grew up in, the suburbs of Chicago, it's a great, it's a world-class city. I think it's one of the five or ten greatest cities in the world, but it is being ruined by politics, just like New York is one of the greatest cities in the world. It's been ruined by bad politics. You know, they, you can't go to a city if you've got uh, crime on the street, you've got rioting, you've got uh, high taxes, and, of course, you know, you've got abysmal schools. And those kinds of factors are one of the reasons people are leaving our great cities, whether it's Los Angeles or Milwaukee or, uh, you know, cities like uh, New York and Newark and all these cities that had riots. And, and that could not control their crime and could not control their budgets, they're in big, big trouble. And the question is whether people will come back to those cities. And I don't know. I was in Chicago, oh, about eight weeks ago, and it was sad. All the stores were boarded up. Now, I understand everything's getting opened again now, but you know, a lot of those businesses will never come back. Yeah, it's, uh, it really is sad. I know I spent much of my life in New Jersey, and to mm-hmm. see what's happened to that state, and particularly in the last few years, uh, it's very sad. I mean, the level of taxation and uh, just the number of problems that they've managed to embrace by buying into the same kind of idiocy that they've seen in New York. Um, but um, uh, Yeah, and by the way, New Jersey has a big election this year. And yeah. they've got, I'd argue, the fourth worst governor in America, Governor Murphy. And the polls show him ahead in the polls. I mean, how could you? I mean, I could see how you could elect someone like that in the first I place. Saw that. But after four years of his performance, and you, you know, a failing grade, and then you reelect them. Then the problem is the voters themselves. It's not the politicians. Uh, Mr. Moore, I, I picked up a couple of your comments that you made recently, and one of them was that monetizing the debt always fails. I, I heard you say that, or, or yes, it was yeah. said. And uh, you also commented at another point that the Fed doesn't seem to see the inflation. That uh, right. that is obvious to almost everybody who's who's in the, <laughs> right. in the economy. But well, both of those points are correct. I mean, you know, monetizing the debt, so people don't understand what that term means. It just means what you do is you have the government, federal government, spend money that they don't have, right? And then what happens is that the central bank, in this case our Fed, prints money and it uses that money it prints to pay off the debt. Well, I mean, you know, a sixth grader can figure out what happens after uh, uh, doing that for a while. It means that the dollars that, you know, if you just print more and more money, that just means the dollars that you and I and all of us have in our wallets and in our bank accounts and in our paychecks are worth less, right? And so uh, it is a, it's a, it's a hidden tax. See, this is what, I, what really bothers me. Biden running around the country saying, I'm not going to tax anybody unless makes makes less than 400000 I mean, how many times have you heard him say that? Sure. And yet, you know, wait a minute, we're already... Every time you go to the gas pump, folks, you're paying the Biden tax, right? I mean, I'm paying three thirty-nine a gallon under Biden. I was paying two thirty-nine under Trump. That's a dollar a gallon. It's fifteen dollars every time I fill up. Uh, I call it the uh, you know the, the bit the Biden inflation tax. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. It's 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 really sad to see what's going on. Let me ask you this with regards regards to inflation. There are those who would make the case that what we're seeing now is a temporary inflation, <laughs> and that um, as soon as things stabilize, uh, we'll get back to a more normal inflationary growth. Well, you were, sir, you were commenting earlier that, or not today, but on an earlier broadcast that I saw, yeah. that you're positive about the next six months, the rest of this year, I suppose because we have so much more money in circulation. Right. Um, but yeah. you, you, you hinted that you were not altogether uh, sanguine about next year and the year after. Yeah, yeah, that's a good summary of my position. Like, and, uh, except you, you misstated one thing that I said. It's, uh, it's not The reason the economy is going to continue to boom for the rest of this year isn't because we're flushing all this money in the economy, because of the vaccine. <laughs> you know, the vaccine is the economic stimulus that the whole world has been waiting for. And uh, by the way, that wouldn't have happened if, if Biden had been in, in the presidency last year. Thank God he wasn't, because, you know, the left said it would take three years, remember, three years to get a, a vaccine. Uh, and what, what Biden, uh, Trump did is got around all the FDA rules and all the regulations and the test trials and uh, that, that, you know, delayed drug introduction oftentimes for three, four or five years. And uh, we got that thing done in Operation Warp Speed in an amazing way. I mean, I think Trump, if there was any justice in the world, he would get the Nobel Peace Prize for saving literally millions of lives. And that vaccine has led to the reopening of the economy and, and stores and businesses and movie theaters and, uh, you know, uh, cruises and just about everything is open now. Malls and, and uh, the businesses are open. The people are going back to work, not as fast as they should. But that's going to be good. Right? We have 6.5% growth in the first quarter. We have, we're running a course for the second quarter that just ended about 8%. And uh, I think this rest of this year is going to be good. The problem is what you just mentioned, all the spending and all the debt and all the regulation. Did you see, by the way, front page of the Wall Street Journal? Biden wants to regulate virtually every business in America. If you're yeah. successful, he's going to come after you. I mean, what is this? This is America. We want companies to be successful. We want to compete with China. We want to compete with Japan, Germany. He wants to attack our own company. Stephen, we're going to be taking a hard break. When we come back, if you're able to join us again and stick around for a little longer, um, I'd like to ask you about the $10.7 billion that uh, uh, was... No, trillion. That was put in by the Fed back in 2008 and following. Okay. and, And the impact that'll have. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. 
Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. They've got two locations to serve you, one in Sanford, the other in DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call them at 386-516-6185. That's Cellulartronics.com or call them at 386-516-6185. Cellulartronics. Cutting edge. I see this election cycle as liberty versus tyranny. Addressing those issues where faith and culture intersect. Buzzsaw Media. Freedom isn't free. You have to fight for it. Cut through all the ambivalence, propaganda, and misinformation. Buzzsaw Media is razor sharp. Assembling documentaries, presentations, podcasts, and various communication tools to disseminate the knowledge both to those who may agree or disagree. There are people in this country who would love to see this country fail. There are people waiting to see this country on fire. Enter into a personal quest for truth. Buzzsaw Media, YouTube, Facebook, and in all social platforms. Seek the truth. Buzzsaw Media. You work hard for your money. Did you know when you pay rent, you're probably paying the landlord's mortgage? Eddie Tavares from EXP Realty can help you change that from helping you get pre-approved to finding your new home. Eddie Tavares will help you every step of the way. Call Eddie Tavares now at 407-747-9944. That's 407-747-9944. EddieTavares.exprealty.com. Get up close and personal with the Buff Show. Vice President Harris is not attempting to, trying to, secure the border in any way, shape, or form. President Biden's objective is to destroy the border. Now here's your host, Matt Buff. Sitting in for Matt Buff, this is Ron Perry here with Chris Kassler, and we have Stephen Moore joining us. Uh, you've undoubtedly heard Stephen on Fox News or perhaps read some of his editorials in the Wall Street Journal or any number of different places. We're honored to have you with us today, Stephen. Um, honored to be with you guys. Yeah, well, this is great. I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching you so many times. I, I have some questions. I have a few more. Okay. Okay. Fed has printed a lot of money since 2008. I said 10.7. I think it's about 10.4 trillion, 7.4 trillion on the Fed's balance sheet, and 3 trillion parked on banks' balance sheets. That didn't Let seem to drive that, yeah. inflation. I, my numbers may be wrong, and I'm sure you have those. Well, you know, look, when I came to Washington in 1985, just to give you a sense of what's going on in Washington now, when I first came to Washington, we. Uh, we had a debt that just exceeded a uh, trillion dollars, and the budget was about a trillion dollars back then. First, first time in history, you know, a trillion dollar budget, trillion dollar uh, uh, debt, and then that went from one trillion to today thirty trillion in thirty years. Hmm. We've added a trillion dollars a year to our debt yeah, over thirty years. It's the most extraordinary thing, and now Biden wants to add twenty trillion more to that. I mean, is there anybody in the right mind who thinks that this is a smart strategy? Uh, and so you look at the budget, by the way, the annual budget. I remember in 1985, we uh, put in place the first trillion-dollar budget in history. We weren't too proud of that. And now we, you know, buy, uh, we got Biden wants six trillion-dollar budget. Um, so these numbers are off the charts. We're going to bankrupt our country if we keep this up. We're going to have bigger and bigger government and less and less private sector because the government can only spend a dollar if it takes a dollar away from private business. The government doesn't produce anything; it just consumes what we produce and. So I'm, I'm very afraid about our future. I think that, you know, we're the land of the free. We're, 
He wants, by the way, he wants tax rates if it reach 55 to 60 percent to pay for all this spending. Uh, how much investment are we going to get in this country if we have, you know, China now has lower tax rates than we do if we pass the Biden plan. That's incredible. That's incredible. Mr. Moore, uh, one of my favorite books is The Forgotten Depression by James Grant. It's about the Depression. What's it called? The Forgotten Depression. He wrote about Who wrote that? Uh, James Grant, the interest oh, rate, yeah, he's great. Interest rate yeah, observer. Yeah. Um, yeah. About the Depression. I, I think I know what you're going to refer to, but go ahead. This was 1920, right? 2021. That's right. It was 18 yeah. months, and it was uh, characterized by the fact that the Federal Reserve and the Treasury didn't do anything. They let it go. Right. And yeah. what had happened is in, in the wake of World War One, there had been exceptional inflation, yeah. and yeah. labor costs were at their highest ever. And so they let things run their course, and 18 months later, we had the beginnings of the, the uh, Roaring Twenties, which everybody's heard about. Um, so my question really is, w- with that in mind, what is the possibility of there being a deflation after an initial, as we're currently experiencing, liquidity-driven inflation? Uh, my thought is that the Federal Reserve may be unable to raise interest rates next year, they don't have anywhere to go. If they do that, then the cost of servicing the national debt right. is going to go through the right. ceiling. So they're going right. to be stuck. Will they let something like this take place where we have a deflation? And actually, the, during that early depression in 2021, there were exceptional difficulties. People were bankrupted. There was very high uninflation for a short period of time. But labor costs and commodity costs went way down in that in that period. And as I said, that led to the uh, Roaring Twenties. What do you think of that? So um, there's a lot there. Uh, first of all, I agree with you. I love that book by James Grant. He's one of the smartest guys I know. And, uh, you know, what he showed, by the way, in that book was that, you know, we were in a severe, um, not severe, but, uh, you know, pretty deep um, recession after the end of World War One, And instead of massive spending and massive money creation, uh, you know, that we did Basically, we just let the you know, economy get back heal. You know, the economy has natural healing powers. This idea, the whole idea of government stimulus is the most idiotic thing ever. Government doesn't stimulate anything except <laughs> government. And so uh, that was the lesson of that uh, recession in 1920 and 21 uh, when uh, Harding was president. And then what happened was that Harding and then Coolidge, who succeeded Harding after he was, uh, he was uh, killed, uh, passed the biggest tax cut, we took the tax rates from 70% down to 25%. And we had the biggest boom, as you said, in, the in you know, one of the biggest booms in American history in, in the roaring 20s. And then Hoover comes in, and we have a financial crisis that could have been over in a year. It was just a, you know, uh, a bubble in the, in the financial markets. And everything that Hoover and Roosevelt did was wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, they started raising taxes, imposing tariffs. They did, uh, you know, massive increase in government spending. And by 1938 or 39, even uh, FDR's own um, own uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Morgenthau, said we, we did all this spending and it didn't work. And so, you know, the lessons of those this history is if you want to get the economy moving faster, keep inflation low. And, and by the way, you're right, deflation can be as bad as inflation. You know, I think one of the things, the economy would have done even better if the Fed had not held, um, we had a slight deflation in the in Trump years when the Fed started raising interest rates when they didn't have to. So Trump's record would have been better had it not been for that. 
But the other thing is you keep taxes low so you don't distort the economy, which is why what Biden is talking about is like 100% the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be cutting government spending, cutting tax rates, deregulating the economy, not regulating the economy, and making sure that we have sound money. And so, uh, you know, the, the Fed is betting the farm on this idea that the inflation is transitory. But I'm not so sure it is. I, I think, you know, they are going to be tempted to try to inflate away the debt, because that's what other countries have tried to do. You know, they've got this enormous debt, and then they pay the, uh, you know, creditors off with, uh, with dollars that are worth less than, you know, mm-hmm. the government borrowed them for. So that's my worry. And if I were the king for the day, and I would, if somebody said, what should we do right now? I'd say, just stop. Stop spending money that we don't have. The economy is going to get better. You don't need government sticking its finger in everything. Yeah, I always find it humorous when they talk about, we have created this many jobs. Having <laughs> run a business and knowing how right. hard it is uh, to find good people, hire them, pay them, uh, make payroll, and so on, and grow the company, um, the thought that just throwing some money into an economy does that. I mean, they certainly can hinder job creation, but it's a lot more difficult to uh, create it. By the way, um, in terms of keeping taxes... By the way, the government doesn't create any jobs. No, they right? can't. They no. can't. Unless even the idea of a government job just means there's one, there's one less job in the fire. It's, it's a fake job. <laughs> exactly. the only way the government can give money, give money to you is to take money from me, right? There's no other way. Where else does the money come from? It's not money from, money from heaven. Well, or printing it and taking it away from the next generation. Well, yeah, too, but but even printing the money just means that you're depressing and devaluing the value of the yeah. dollars that yeah. people have burned while they've been working. And, you know, we're, we're very much in danger right now of becoming a mass entitlement state. I mean, you've been following what's been happening with mm-hmm. these $300 a week unemployment benefits mm-hmm. around the country. I think your governor was smart in suspending those. But, mm-hmm. you know, you've got people, you've got literally households in the United States making $100,000 on an annualized basis with nobody working. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah I think it was an educational experience for a great many people um, to learn that the negative impact is so substantial on everyone. Oh, I mean, it's a, it was a great economic lesson, and unfortunately, half the governors in America and Biden, you know, Biden's saying, well, uh, that would be better in, you know, September. But why wait till September to get that? Why, you know, we've yeah. got businesses. i got a restaurant down the street in my village. You know, it's a great restaurant. We all, it's start, just starting to open up, and then they had to close because they can get workers. Yeah, we see that everywhere here. Um, yeah. Now, you you were a big proponent of the Arizona tax reform uh, oh, yeah. that just passed. Yeah, um, and I helped to help put that together, and we did a study showing we estimate it'll be 250,000 additional jobs in uh, in Arizona over the next decade because of this, and it's, it was the biggest tax cut in the country this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. And in that case, it's the government getting out of the way and yeah. letting companies spend their own money on hiring yeah. people and then those people obviously wind up paying taxes and tax rolls increase and companies become more profitable uh, well, but if, uh, chris go ahead if we actually destroy the currency if, if i can call it say that by flooding the markets with extra money constantly do we end up somewhere like a gold standard or do we end up with some form of virtual money that's published by the government and only av- available online like bitcoin 
I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. You know, right now, Bitcoin is sort of the new gold. Uh, you know, people have been investing more in Bitcoin than they have in gold lately. I like gold, by the way. I think gold is a good buy right now. I'm not a great investor, but, uh, you know, gold is, given all the money we're printing, I think you could see a big boom market in gold. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah. uh, gold is, is cheap right now, in my opinion. Stocks mm-hmm. are expensive. Yeah, I agree so, completely. Uh, Bitcoin, to some degree, it's kind of like musical chairs, and when the music stops, I, there aren't I, I enough chairs. I don't know chairs. enough about Bitcoin. You know, I, I can't. You know, I, I was a conference, a financial conference, speaking a couple of weeks ago, and there was a panel uh, on Bitcoin, and and people were very bullish on Bitcoin. But you know, I, w- I would own some Bitcoin, but I would be a little careful because mm-hmm. there's nothing that really backs it. At least with gold, you've got an asset, uh, and at least the dollar, you know, the full faith and credit of the United States government stands behind it. I'm not so sure what stands behind Bitcoin, but I'm like I'm not saying people shouldn't buy Bitcoin. I just I would yeah. not. Yeah, we're not, you know, put too much of my portfolio in, in bitcoins. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a risk there, and we've seen the fluctuations. Um, yeah. We're going to be wrapping up this uh, this segment in a moment. and uh, Oh, I want to mention one other thing sure. since we're coming to an end here. Sure. You know, the other interesting thing that's going on right now that nobody's really paying attention to, have you seen what's happened to the price of oil? Yes. Oh, yes. It's $75 a barrel now. Yeah. $75. I mean, it was half that amount when Trump was president, and so you're, this is the reason, folks. You're paying you know more money at the at the gas station because the price of oil has gone up. And then you, you ask, well, why is the price of oil going up? Well, there's two reasons. Obviously, it's the supply and demand issue, right? The demand is up because the world is starting to recover from COVID, so people are getting out and they're driving more, and businesses are up and running again, and so on. So you know they use more energy. And the second reason that uh, oil prices are so high is because our idiot president has shut off our energy supply. <laughs> I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's not building pipelines. He's re- he's restricting our ability to um, to drill for our oil and gas. Yeah, they and closed so, down Enwar. You know, I wrote a column saying, you know, that, that uh, it looks like right now Joe Biden is right. the biggest, you know, uh, uh, you know, gift to uh, the Saudi Arabians and the, Ara- uh, you yeah. know, the oil sheiks and, the, and Putin, because they're loving this. 75, and by the way, some people think the price of oil is going up to 100. Yeah, I've been reading that, and uh, that kills the airlines, and there's a lot of other businesses that that just destroys well, it when it goes up that high. It kills everybody. Yeah. I mean, oil, is, oil and gas energy is the resource that's involved in, in, you know, in, in everything that we... The telephone I'm, you know, <laughs> the seat I'm sitting in, the food that I'm going to have tonight for dinner, all of that is derivative energy. And so, and by the way, it's a highly regressive tax, right? When you re- re- raise the price of energy... The people who get crushed by that are the lowest income people. Yeah, it's, it's it is sad to the extreme, and um, it's it's so obvious in so many ways. Yet, yeah. obviously, it is not to the people who are pushing this agenda. Um, All right, guys. Well, it's been uh, great being on. I want to come out again sometime soon. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job explaining the virtues of our free market system. And, you know, this is for all of the faults we have. You know, we are still the number one economy right now in the world. And uh, we've recovered from COVID better than any other country. I think Trump deserves a lot of the credit for that. And, uh, you know, we've got a booming stock market. I'm a little worried about how high they are now. <laughs> yes. But it is, great, it is a great country to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on as a guest today. And uh, we're actually in awe of all the things that you've done and your <laughs> well, insights you. and wisdom. So I, thank you very much. I'm governor. Oh, he's great. Oh, yeah. No question. He is the best there is. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll see you. Thank you. 
Central Florida. Are you ready for solar power? They call all solar energy, Florida's premier solar provider. With 20 plus years in the solar and energy conservation products industry, they take a genuine whatever is best for the customer stance in every decision they make. All solar energy provides thermal solar for pool heat, domestic water heating, solar electric panels, radiant barrier, attic insulation and fans, ICR HVAC, energy efficient windows, and so much so more. more. And in July only, get a free home generator with the install of a home energy reduction package. Just mention The Buff Show. Call 866-412-4218. 866-412-4218. Or go online to allsolarenergy.com. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour. Then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show. Get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at VeritasTactical.com Veritas Tactical. Tactical The Buff Show. They can't really report about the Joe Biden administration because if they did it honestly, they'd be reporting pretty much a scandal every day. Now let's get back to the show with Matt Buff. Hi, this is Ron Perry sitting in for Matt Buff. Matt is on vacation today, taking uh, this holiday weekend to spend some time with his family out of state. Uh, We're glad to have you listening. And I believe we have a caller on the phone right now. Um, uh, are, are you there? It's Dr. Harper, I believe. Yes, uh, Ron. Great to join you. Wonderful. It's good to have you on the show. Yes, the really challenging issues you've been talking about. Uh, Tough about issues. The current administration and the impact on, you know, the survival of America. Uh, very serious issues regarding uh, that, uh, the economy, and as, as also uh, religious persecution. Yeah, it... it this is um, an unusual time. If you were to take today and just put it side by side with five years ago, um, you know, the changes are pretty dramatic. And, um, you know, and we never thought that we would see uh, pastors being persecuted, uh, lawsuits back and forth, things of that nature. Um, it, how do we yeah, unite it, this country again? What What are your thoughts on that? Well, well we, we, we really need... Uh to get back to President Lincoln said, uh, we really need to get back to God. Uh, Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, niece, yeah. wrote a book, America Return to God, which is a great book, by the way. But, it, you know, that there's the key issues with what President Lincoln is saying that needs to be implemented. When I'm at the White House, uh, as a journalist, I bring a historical perspective to the news and reporting, and, and it makes uh, this current administration nervous to you know, for me to reference 
Abraham Lincoln's solutions to America's problems. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because if you look at the American Revolution, that was on the heels of the Great Awakening. Had there been no George Whitfield, had there been no Great Awakening, uh, the colonies would not have been able to unite. I mean, just the basic concept of one colony tolerating another in terms of religious practices and other things was uh, was a breakthrough. Um, you know, and yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, clearly, I mean, historically, we've seen things intertwined uh, totally between the uh, the religious life of the nation and the political life and what happens. Well, I want to say, I want to say what President Lincoln had to say, this is the middle of the Civil War, his proclamation on humiliation fasting. Sure. He, he, he quoted from the book of Psalms, 33-12, Blessed only are those nations whose God is the Lord. He was referring to Christ. And this is the problem for America. We've uh, abandoned God uh, in our nation. Uh, in, in general, our Congress, uh, the White House, the courts, no respect for Christ. And that's what gets down to the issue is who can bring peace? Uh, no one but the King of Peace, Christ, Jesus. So um, it's a very unique experience, uh, Ron, for me at the White House to bring this historical and um, you know, perspective on news to uh, address these issues in, in light of all the all the news reporters uh, seem to be uh, fawning all over this administration. We need to be reporting truth. I'm yeah. curious, who, who are you reporting for, please? I'm Chris Kassler. I'm sorry, I didn't introduce myself. Well, Chris, great stuff. No, I'm reporting for the Intermountain Christian News, but as well as an Israel news service called Newsreel. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been serving in the capacity of the principal investigative journalist uh, regarding uh, human rights violations, especially, especially on uh, reporting on anti-Semitism, uh, religious freedom issues, and it is quite a challenging experience for me to be at the White House, and I'm supposed to be there tomorrow uh, with uh, press meetings to have private encounters with Press Secretary Jennifer Saki and the Deputy Press Secretary mm-hmm. about these concerns and more. So uh, appreciate people uh, keeping me in their in their prayers. Not an easy place uh, to be at the White House. What kind of response do you find you're typically getting from this White House? A cool response. Um, <laughs> actually, the Press Secretary refuses to have a picture with me, to have any video with me, uh, doesn't want to go on record with me, um, often uh, avoids uh, avoids uh, any contact with me, but I, the only way that I can get any uh, kind of a any kind of response at all is really really just to go to her office, mm-hmm. and hopefully she will be and she will be uh, you know taking time <clears throat> to address these concerns. I've been I've been in her office privately with a meeting, and and when I we talked with her about the concerns about you know children being killed in abortion or. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other concerns about anti-Semitism. And what really got her was uh, my reference to President Lincoln's call to repentance. It really made her angry. Mm. Um, oh, isn't that so interesting? It's, it's a, yeah. in, in sensitivity to our Judeo-Christian concern. And it seems like to be a fear, uh, a fear of meeting with me. Um well, there's no question so, that we have a battle going on right now for the soul of this nation, and it's the battle between a righteous nation and a secular nation. And the soul. Uh, I think it yeah. really is not settled as to 
what is going to win. Um, you know, I remember Washington um, uh, is quoted in his farewell address as having said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate right. to the government of any other. Were you able to listen at the first segment we talked about the black-robed regiment? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I've done... Uh I've done a couple of interviews with some black robe, uh, some, some speakers on the black robe regiment, the importance of it. And, and the pastors weren't afraid uh, to speak up. And uh, as you mentioned earlier in, in the program, a lot of pastors have been intimidated, have been threatened, uh, maybe to lose their 501c3 status. That probably the churches should have never applied for 501c3 status in the first place. But yeah. there's been great deception uh, surrounding this. And and it's alarming, uh, Ron and Chris, uh, how many churches have, you know, been compromised, and uh, not only because of the COVID-19 issue, but, uh, you know, these... these Seminaries. They, they, they Seminaries as well. Yeah. Well, they were compromised yeah. way before this. Way yeah. before this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I do think that you've got this organization with chapters in every city and town and little burb um, that... If it took a unified stance, the nation would turn overnight, and that's the church. But it won't, uh-huh. and I think it's unlikely, absent a massive work of God, that that will happen. Now, it's, it's interesting. Patrick Henry uh, had uh, something to say that people would almost say, well, he couldn't have said that. Many people would say that. But here's what he said. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. And so as we see Christianity moving back and losing influence, we're seeing a massive growth of intolerance. I believe the two are linked. Right. Well, one of the things that Ron has pointed out before is that prior to the Civil War, when we had the Second Awakening, is that the proper term, awakening? Yeah, sure. Term? Yeah. Um, there was a financial crisis that uh, 1857 woke, woke yeah. people up and brought them back to the churches. Now, we had the same experience after 9-11. Our church, you couldn't find a seat for several weeks on Sundays. Um, and I'm not predicting that something like that's going to occur but it could it could definitely take place. There are all kinds of things in the world today that could precipitate that kind of a response and reawaken our Christian and Judeo uh, compatriots. Yeah, we live in some very interesting times, which doesn't mean necessarily wonderful and pleasant, although certainly even in the midst of the worst times, people can live very good lives. I just finished reading a book, uh, Why Did Anyone Become a Christian in the First 300 Years? And uh, it's a profound question. Um, Dr. Harper, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate your input. It's great joining you. Please uh, pray for me at the White House. We'll be back tomorrow. And our Intermount Christian News website is imcnews.org. Okay, repeat that website again, please. Uh, Website for Intermountain Christian News is imcnews.org. imcnews.org. Hi, mountaincnews.org. Thanks for letting me share with you. Great. Well, thank you very much again. And uh, for our listeners today, thank you for joining us. Uh, Matt will be back on Monday. Thank you for this evening. Good night. <laughs>